0: Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Welcome to Not Real Art, Siri's favorite art and culture podcast
1: with your boy, Man One. Right here with sourdough. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What do we do today? How are you, man? One. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a minute. Right? Like, literally one minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And yet, so much. And so much in that minute. Jam-packed minute. minute. Yeah. A lot of shit happens every day, every week. You've been busy. You've had some yeah. gigs lately. Yeah, it's it's been busy. I guess it's always busy. Yeah. It's just better when it's busy and you're getting paid. Yep, the, it's a one plus one equals three. Yeah, but you know, it's interesting. Wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute.
0: Artists, artists <laughs> don't get paid? You seem to be implying yeah. that artists don't get paid.
1: You know, it's relative because as I speak to other artists, I find out like what they think is a lot of money mm-hmm. or what they think is getting paid or what they think... You shouldn't get paid. <laughs> it's like sometimes they, right. it's just weird. Like I was doing this event the other day and I asked the guy to help us on this part of, of a tour I was doing. And I wanted to pay him to help him, for helping us. And he wouldn't take the money. Like he's an artist. Like, he's an artist. Okay. He's like, I'd rather you buy you guys buy something from the shop. I said, okay, cool. So what's the link? No, no, no the physical shop. When you have to come in here and buy something. So I'm like, yeah, but let's just, you know, why well, don't I just send you some money? <laughs> you send me some shit, you know? Right. No, I just, you know, ethically, I don't want to do it that way. So at the end of the day. Wait, he um, said ethically. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like. I'm um, not sure that's a matter we of We didn't ethics, have time but... to go into his shop and buy stuff. Right. So it's like, I feel bad because like he got nothing out of it. I mean, I'm still going to go get some stuff myself sure. and support and all that. And he's a good guy but it's weird how some artists to me it's weird i don't know maybe to them it's not but to me it's weird how like you just can't take money from people or you have some issue with taking money from people i don't know what that's about but a lot of artists have that hang up i don't have that hang up <laughs>
0: so an artist like that i mean what does an artist like that think when they see for example other artists like your boy retina For example, right pulls up in his (laughs) pulls up pulls up uh, in his Bentley. Yeah, you know what's the perception (laughs) of that? What what do people think when an artist, whether it's you know Cause or Retina or somebody
1: who's doing very well, right, pulls up in a gold plated sailboat? I, I don't know. People feel all kinds of ways. I've seen people react like you know, oh, that guy's sellout or that guy's whack or he's this or that, and then I've also heard. You know, the guy's doing great, and I hope to be that successful one day. I, I don't know; it's all over the place. You know, and then also a lot of hate. <laughs> you always get the
0: haters. You know, sort of the basic human yeah. why, uh, why condition he, of of he, envy and yeah. jealousy. Yeah. Why
1: is he getting paid, not me? You know, why is he? You know, right. so I don't know. It's 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 a mixed bag with artists, but it still trips me out that that artists have this issue with getting paid. Like I, I don't know what the issue is. I mean, you have to live. You know, you go to the store, you have to buy the food. No one gives it to you. Right. So if your talents could give you money to go buy food at the store, what the hell is wrong with that? Okay. So, but let's, okay. So let's break it down a little bit because, you know, this
0: is an artist. You were trying to pay an artist for helping you. Okay. So this is, this is an artist trying to help another artist or, you know, whatever. And so an artist trying to pay another artist. Do you think it boiled down to the fact that you were, it was like what they call professional courtesy. Right. So like in, you know, that phrase in other industries, they'll say, well, out of professional courtesy, we're going to, yeah. you know, you're, you're a restaurateur. I'm a restaurateur. You're having dinner in my restaurant. I'm not charging you for this meal. Yeah. You know, flip side being up someday, I'm going to come to your restaurant and you're not going to charge me for, for that meal. Was this an element of professional courtesy, artist to artist, or was, is this, do you think this guy would have behaved the same way if you were a, a client who had commissioned him?
1: I think he truly, this particular artist truly, you know, has some ethical, you know, standards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in how he works or the kind of projects he's involved in. Right. You know, I think he wants, I I think he was in the right spirit. Yeah. Oh, sure. He was being true to himself. Yeah. And that's, I respect that. Right. But the thing was that I was asking him to help me on something where I was getting paid by another entity. Right. So. You know, I don't want to get paid by somebody and then ask someone to do something for free. Absolutely not. So, for me, it was out of courtesy. You know what? Like, I'm getting paid. You should get, you should make a couple bucks too. Yeah. And that didn't seem to matter to him. Like, it didn't matter if I was getting paid or not getting paid. This is just the way he does things or the way he conducts his business or whatever. And I respect that. That's fine. I don't have no problem with, with him, you know, being like that and saying those things and and having that kind of standard, but it makes it difficult, you know, maybe he doesn't need the money, I don't know, I don't know his situation, maybe that's another part of it, maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't need to make money as an artist like that, but the thing is that I just find this thing very difficult, very, I don't know how I say it, it's just at odds with where we are in, as Americans, as people of this world, in this time, in the 21st century, that you can't just simply not just, just get get paid. Just just get paid. I mean, I don't understand. It's it's not, it's not the middle ages. It's not, you know, it's like, it's like we live in a world where people get paid for things, you know, quid pro quo. And it's like, why do you make it that more difficult for yourself to get paid? And I'm, I'm just using this guy as an example, but I see it all over the place. Yeah. You know, I wanted to pay a guy the other day and the guy's like, I don't have a bank account.
0: Ha Does and they I have said, a bank
1: account? No bank account. And I said, Okay. So how do I pay you? He's like, Well, just give me a check and I'll go cash it somewhere. Right? I said, Well aren't they gonna take some fees and stuff? And he's like, Yeah, but I I don't want to I don't want a bank account. I was like, Okay. So then I said, Well and I don't want to give you cash because at the end of the year I have to Yeah, you know, you do do my tax stuff. An account stuff and yeah. And so it's like, I'm like, I can't pay you cash, but I'll give you a check, but you're going to get paid, you're going to get charged. Okay. I go, what about if I pay you PayPal or some other form like that? And he's like, okay, I'll take Venmo. And I'm like, but you just say you don't have a bank account. He goes, no, no, then I'll send it to my girl and then my girl will give me the. I'm like, well, this is complicated. I think banking, where we like in, in the state of affairs we live at right now, banking has been made so that. Any freaking person that's over eighteen years old can have a system, whether it's digital, you know whether it's right. freaking walk up to a bank they, whether it's, they want you in the matrix as soon as possible. They've made it as easy as possible for you to participate in the system yeah. of banking yeah, and there's people who are resisting that for no other good reason i don't yeah. I don't know what the reason is, so let me ask you a question yeah. so. I don't know
0: if you've ever heard that phrase sort of you hear it sometimes sort of in the context of of people talking about other people and say, well, you know, he's, he's unemployable. She's unemployable. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, (laughs) I don't know how good this artist is and I don't, you know, obviously there's a lot of amazing artists out there who are bad at business, but there are a lot of bad artists out there that are probably also bad at business. Yeah. You know, but I'm listening to this and I'm just wondering like, What percentage of artists are artists because they're unemployable otherwise? Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? No common sense. And, you know, nobody in their right mind would hire them. So they have to do something so they become an artist.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, some of these guys become unemployable. (laughs) You know, I had an artist the other day I met. Those were her exact words. She told me, I am unemployable. Jeez. But she teaches, I guess, art classes and stuff like that. And she's a painter, whatever. Yeah. And I also think that she probably has a lot of white privilege and mm. doesn't need to to be employed. Sure. Sounds sure. like she's doing fine without that. Yeah. But that was actually her word. She was like, I'm, I'm, I'm unemployable. And, and what she meant by that was she doesn't like to work for other people. Right. She doesn't like to be at certain places at certain times when they tell her to be. She's unmanageable. Yeah. She's wild. Wild. You know? yes. <laughs> she's untamable. So I think a lot of artists have that too, but I don't know. It just, it kind of gets old, you know? And that's, that was one of the things when I ran the gallery that kind of got just, just too much is that every artist had like different needs just on how to get paid, you know, just on how to get paid. Like, here's a check. Right. Come pick it up. Right. And that became, you know, some difficult task. I was just having a conversation yesterday with some guy who hired me on a gig and he told me that when he's worked with other artists, he just said, he just tells them, just invoice me, like, you know, and, and I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. And they don't invoice him. Right. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to chase you. Right. Like, if you don't want to get paid, uh, that's all good.
0: By the like, way, he would be, you know, sm- yeah. <laughs> smart business people hold on to their money as long as they can. Yeah, exactly. And he's
1: he's like, you know, guess what? He paid me on the spot. Right. Because I showed up with my invoice and did the gig, and and he was happy to pay me. Right. But it's like, he told me I hire other artists, and like three months later, I get this invoice. And I'm like, what the fuck is this for? <laughs> I, I I have thought
0: long and hard, right, about, and you and I have talked about this so many times, but I've thought long and hard about how we might design a system, you know, some sort of web-based digital system that streamlines this process, right, for artists. <laughs> But here's the rub. Like, no matter how you slice it, yeah. it always bumps into the basic fact that no matter what you do, it's still going to require the artist to input the yeah. information. Right. Into the system. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And push, you know, spend some time, enter it accurately, details, 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 <laughs> press send. Right. And that's really the crux of the issue. Like, no matter yeah. how sexy or streamlined no. or automated that technology might be, right, it's always about the weakest link. And yeah. the weakest link is the the human factor.
1: Yeah. And I was gonna say, you know what the system should be? The system should be instead of this whole high tech kind of attitude towards it, right? Flip it and do it low tech. So the system is you go to an artist's house with a shoebox. And you tell them to put the money in the shoebox. <laughs> and then you leave. And then you you deposit, you do all that stuff for them, you know? You just show up with the shoebox. I love it. And they just put it in there. But it, you know what? You know what's gonna be the problem? What? Then they're gonna say you're trying to steal their money. And then, then they're gonna come up with some other bullshit about right. you know you're trying to fuck them over somehow with the shoebox. And you know. So and, and at the end of by day, the way, where are the shoes? And, and, and at the end of the day, they still have to put the money in the shoebox.
0: <laughs> right. 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 So, <laughs> right. Which, which implies
1: they actually have the money to begin with. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Just, there's no way. I think it's just like, whatever. It just boggles my mind when I talk. And it's not that I, you know, that I hear a story here and there. It's I hear it all the time. Yeah. Like 70% of the artists I know have issues with money. Right. Like it's crazy. It's Okay, so but the flip side is also true, right? I feel like,
0: you know, there are you know, our culture loves to celebrate these self made billionaires, you know, the Jeff right. Bezoses of the world or yeah. what have you, right? The Elon Musks of the world, you know. And clearly these guys are doing really interesting things. They're clearly very intelligent people, so on and so forth. And they might be excellent at making money. Mm-hmm. But I think more times than not, their personal lives are like shit. Yeah. You know, they're divorced. Their kids hate them. Or maybe they're not married or they don't have kids. They are one dimensional human being in that they are just, you know, focused Focused on on, on that one thing. Yeah. And and it's been proven and been talked about. A lot of times these guys are they have Asperger's or they are autistic on some level or Mm -hmm. what have you because they have, you know, just this really uh, this incredible ability just to be you know, focused to the point of shutting everything else out, you know? So, you know, artists who, you know, some would argue artists are also antisocial, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. but, but artists are creating and they, you know, they have their issues and then you have, I, I guess kind of what, it, I guess what it gets down to, like does genius, if you have a, if a, a real genius, yeah. you know, whether it's for making art or making money, is it possible to have a well-balanced life can a well-adjusted or the flip side can a well-adjusted person achieve great heights in a field right and still remain balanced and well-adjusted and and not sacrifice their relationships or, or what have you i don't know have you seen the documentary on netflix about quincy jones no i haven't okay when you get a chance watch it okay okay it's about two hours long okay I mean, you'll love it. You just you'll love it. And what you'll you'll appreciate about so much. But like the one thing that at the it, I'm not giving anything away, but like <laughs> at the end of the movie, they say, is there anything you can't do? Mhm. Quincy Jones, is there anything you can't be successful at? Right. And he sort of ponders for a second and looks at the camera. He goes, "Marriage." <laughs> and he laughs. And he's he's fully, you know, he's fully aware that he's like, you know, I think he's married three and divorced three times. You know, he's got an amazing, you know, group of kids and, you know, and he clearly loves his kids and, you know. Yeah. But when you look at that guy's body of work. Sure. Something has to give. You can't can't. be on like that all the time. So anyway, I just, you know, artists have their things with money. I think, you know, any person of genius dedicated to their work in in a single minded way. But that's not what you're talking about. I don't I mean I I think sometimes yeah. what you're talking about vis-a-vis artists and money is just that they're very uncomfortable and with this particular subject matter yeah, for some reason and they just want to avoid it.
1: And I'm talking about
0: at the basic level. You
1: know. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm like, not talking like having a checking account. Like having a checking account. <laughs> like like making it simple so you could pay them. Having a price for a painting when you ask. You know, simple, basic shit. I'm not talking about running a million-dollar business. I'm not talking about showing all over the world in multiple galleries. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about simple, simple stuff, you know? When you meet an artist and you say, oh, that's a cool painting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's for sale. And then you say, oh, cool, how much is it? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, then how, how is it for sale if you don't know, you know? <laughs> or just make it up. Just fucking make it up, but don't, you know, there's just, it's just so many layers. It completely boggles my mind. I, I, you know, so like I said, having run the gallery for 10 years, I learned like so much about this yeah. topic. And, you know, there was times where I just, I mean, there's, there's people that I don't do business with anymore because right. I discovered how inept they are at business. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, I, I can't be banging my head against right. the wall. Right just to make you money.
0: You know, it's, it's a love hate relationship, isn't it? I mean, you know, and it's so funny, right? Because, uh, you know, we, we work in the arts and yet so many of our fellow brethren that we love and, and respect on a human level. Yeah. You know, we we do not want to work with. (laughs) And, and, And here's the thing, like I'm not good at
1: money either. Like I'm not, I'm not, I got a hole in my pocket. I can't. I, I, I can't seem to keep a dollar. You know, I'm not. I'm not good at money. I don't know how to freaking balance my account. You know, whatever. So I'm not saying it like that. I'm just. But it's you know, there's certain things that I can do.
0: Well, as artists, as artists go, you, yeah. I will just say, and I've known you a long time now. Your business acumen is is g- good if not great for most people, let alone most artists. Um, So you're, you're, you're not giving yourself the credit that you deserve, but, (laughs) but you know, look, managing money, let's just take it at a high level, right? right? I don't think most Americans understand about money and how it works and how to manage it. I know I'm still learning. I know I feel like I can't sew the hole in my pocket, you know? Yeah. Money talks. Mine always says goodbye. The point is, is that it's not always our fault either, right? Because we live in a culture Ca- capitalistic society yep. that is always about keeping you unhappy with what you have.
1: Yeah, you you want more. You
0: want more, spend, 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 borrow, 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 put it on the charge card. Mm-hmm. Priceless. That's might be a $1000, but owning it is priceless. So we are you know, we're being brainwashed, we're being controlled
1: and programmed by, yeah. you know, our culture. No, that's that's completely true. But so how do you so this is one thing I'm struggling with right now. How do you teach your kids to balance their checkbook when people don't have checkbooks anymore? (laughs) Everything's digital and you're using Venmo and PayPal and and your bank account and there's money everywhere. You don't see it. You don't see it. Right. You don't see it. You you really don't even know what you have. Right. You You know when you don't have it, but you don't really know what you... And then there's like... You know, digital subscriptions to everything. You know, the and, bank.
0: My bank only calls me when there's a problem. Right. Right. They never call yeah. me to say, "Hey, congratulations! I see that you have more money in your bank account this <laughs> month than last month. Congratulations! Keep up the good work." No, they don't call for me for that. They call and say, "You're overdrawn
1: your bank account again." Yeah. So I had. Okay, this is good. So I had. Um, I used B of A for many, many, many years. Like, like way more years than I should have, because I fucking hated Bank of America. They suck. All the banks suck. All the I banks fucking suck. hate them all. I they, hate they, them all. They, they all. Are there suck. any
0: bankers listening right there, right yeah. now?
1: Fuck you. Yeah. So I, I, I only do credit unions now. Yeah. I don't even like I'm tired. Lesser of, of the evils. Lesser of the evils. But I remember I had Bank of America for I'm not like like fifteen years. Mm. You know? And I had two businesses on there, savings account, personal account. Mm. Right? So I had like four or five accounts for like fifteen years. And they would not give me a loan. They say I didn't qualify. Right. They said, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I remember every time I'd go in there and they'd give me this freaking thing about like, um, like sometimes I, I'd be overdrawn hmm. and they'd say, oh yeah, you know, you're getting these fees because you're overdrawn. But if you had a credit line, you wouldn't be overdrawn. I said, then give me a fucking credit line. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Oh yeah, you don't qualify for a credit line. Why? Because you're self-employed. Yeah, because I'm self-employed. Right. right? And then they'd and then and then like two weeks later, I'd come back and then they'd say some other shit like, "Oh, would you like to apply for a credit line or would you like to apply for you know a loan?" Or th-? and I'm like, "I'm not going to try because uh, you're not you're not going to qualify." Oh no no we could qualify you. I'm looking at your account and you're bringing in a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you should fucking give me money because I'm bringing in a lot of money. Yeah. And then they then they'd be like, "Oh, but it's kind of weird how." oh wow like yeah we no you don't qualify <laughs> so yeah. it's like this fucking circle totally and, and it's all bullshit Yeah, like one year i added up all the fees they charged me in one year is mm. ridiculous mm. you know and i was like okay i can't do this anymore so i finally just closed all my accounts but that but that's the system that it's set up and you're just supposed to go along with it yeah totally you know? i mean this bullshit about Oh,
0: well, we have to hold the check,
1: oh yeah, oh, yeah for
0: yeah. forty eight hours or a week or whatever it is, right, you know what's that about right? right? Well, of course, we know what that's about. That's about that they're 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 banking on it, collecting interest, yeah, doing whatever it is they're doing with it. Meanwhile, I'm sweating, you yeah. know you're telling me that with <laughs> you're so what you're saying, Mr. Yeah. Banker, yeah, is that the technology doesn't exist yeah. to validate this check yeah. in real time, right. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I might look stupid, but you know what? I'm not. And that is absolutely insulting to think that. But, of course, it's, you know, as you said, you know, it's all bullshit. Yeah. it's uh... And yet consumers don't, like, what leverage do you have? Like right. yeah. You know, at one point in this country, we were supposed to be anti-monopoly. Mm-hmm. Right. Right now we are all about monopolies and consolidation and mergers and acquisitions and consolidation, consolidation, consolidation. Right. And so where do you go when you have a complaint or when you have, you know, some we need when you have a legitimate concern? I know there's a lot of assholes out there that just want to bitch and moan. But I'm just saying, like, there are some legitimate issues. But what can I do? In fact, I actually got inspired the other day about starting another podcast Mm -hmm. where it's just about people calling in or talking about their fucking horror stories. Yeah. So it's like the complaint department as a, bo- as a podcast, <laughs> as a, you know what I mean? Because here's the thing, like until you start getting social, I mean, cause that's the only thing that we have right now is like yeah. to get some so- exposure on social about these brands and like how they treat you and what, you know, cause they don't want that. They don't want the negative, you know, thing. Yeah. And so anyway, whatever, because you feel helpless, you feel hopeless. Yeah. Like what do you, what can you do? Right.
1: Back in the day, we used to call David Horowitz. You remember David Horowitz? I, I do know that name. Why He was the... But may, maybe you don't because that was a California thing. I think he was a guy on Channel 4. I oh, Chicago. Was 4. I think
0: uh, Chicago had somebody like that. Something he like goes that. and he does an expose yeah. or like an investigative... Yeah, so, yeah. so you'd call him and, yeah. then he, and
1: then he'd go to the mechanic right. and be like, hey, why don't right. you charge this lady right. uh, $500 right. more than right. you needed to, right. you know?
0: Well, but, I, but, they, but I'm also... Because I'm a stickler for customer service. I am. Yeah, And because it is, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice and to be use common sense. You know, I, you
1: know, that good favor, that goodwill goes a long way. Right. By the way, what are we? Are we Gen Y or Gen X? What the hell are we? We're Gen X. We're Gen X. Okay. Yeah. Because what you're saying right now. Right. My son. Right. Says Gen Xers are the worst at customer service.
0: At the, what do you mean? What does he mean? At the worst, at customer service, at at, at
1: providing customer service, that Gen Xers are the worst at providing customer service. He says, if there's a Gen Xer waiter, he's horrible. If there's a Gen Xer behind the counter. He's horrible. If it's a Gen Xer on the phone, it's horrible. I think he's talking about millennials. No. He doesn't realize. He's talking it. about Gen Xers.
0: Yeah. Well, I d do, I don't know if I agree with that. I you know, I know for myself. He always
1: says it. He always says it because like so him and his friends must talk about
0: it. Okay. Well So <laughs> there yeah, you go. <laughs> you know, I think they I think he's just talking shit about old people. But yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. You know, but I, I can be a stickler for customer service because, yeah. you know, uh, as a guy that's worked, you know, in marketing and advertising over the years Helping brands think about what they could do to build loyalty and build, you know, trust. And I've always said, great customer service—it's the easiest thing to do. You know, like it doesn't—you don't have to spend millions and millions of dollars on an ad campaign. Yeah, good personal one-on-one interactions it's that make sense. You know, and and there, <laughs> through in my life, there have been these moments where, because I will re- reward cust- good customer service with a good tip mm-hmm. or what have you. Uh, I am some sometimes I will go online and fill out yeah. that thing and say, Great job. If it's really bad, I will definitely do that as well. But one day so, but it's funny what catches my attention. So years ago, right? So mm-hmm. I moved to LA in oh one, okay. And I lived in Santa Monica, I was at eighteenth of Montana, and I guess it was like oh two or something, a company called Jawbone came out with the first like Bluetooth earpiece okay. for your phone. Okay, and I saw I'd seen it online somewhere and I was intrigued about it. Right. I wanted to go check it out. Yeah. So the only place that carried it that I could find on the west side was a Verizon store at the corner of I want to say it was 26th in Wilshire. I think it was 26th in Wilshire, something like that. Yeah. And it was one of those classic L.A. kind of corner malls, you know, with a bunch of stores, They, you know, Verizon had the corner retail, the biggest, you know, space in that building, but then there were others. So I pull in to park and there's a, you know, there's a guy managing the parking and I get out and he gives me a ticket and I said, and he goes, oh, by the way, Verizon doesn't validate. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, they're the only company in this building that doesn't validate. Right. Well, that was all it took. That's all it took, all it took <laughs> for me to just be like, fuck these guys, you know? <laughs> but I'm here, yeah. right? So I'm going to get the information that I want and I came seeking. Yeah. So I go in there and of course, Verizon is bustling, right? There's, a, there's like a customer service thing. There's a line of people yeah. waiting to be served. I go to like the retail thing where they've got the phones and the things. And so the manager comes up and kind of helps Says, Yeah, I'm here to look at the Jawbone Bluetooth thing. It's like, oh, it brings it out. So I check it out. I ask questions, you know, get all the information I want. And I say to him, I say, well, this is great. This is exactly what I was hoping for. This is exactly what I want. Exactly what I need. Yeah. And he goes, well, that's fantastic. Should I ring you up then? I said, no, absolutely not. You should not ring me up. And he's like, I'm sorry. I don't understand. I said, no, I'm not going to buy this here. I'm going to buy I'm going to go to another store and I'm going to buy it at another store. And he looked at me like with the sleeve. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, I'm. I refuse to give you my money. You want to know why? And he says, Yeah. Was there something I said? Something I did? I said, Well, actually, yeah. Because you guys are the only store in this facility that does not validate parking. You are the biggest. You are the richest and the publicly traded organization, and you don't validate parking. (laughs) I'm not giving you my money. Yeah. And I just I said, but thank you for your time. And I turned yeah. around and the look on his face. And I mean, you know, to me I, that was like nothing. And I'm sure, he may, may you know, I'm sure he never forgot it. And he probably talked shit <laughs> about that, you know, for a while. But like that's the kind of thing, you know, at least for me, it got me it gave me a little bit of satisfaction of like, yeah. okay, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm gonna let it be be known and be heard. But I'll tell you why they weren't validating because when I went in there, yeah. the little fucking line. their customer service was out the fucking door yeah you know so so well the thing about it is they they don't want to validate those the parking tickets for those people because it's taken forever it's like their customer service sucks period yeah you know anyway it's you know on and on and on you know there's a there's a classic story nordstrom's right the retailer Mm -hmm. yeah they built their business from day one on excellent customer service their employee handbook was sort of famous. I don't know if it's changed in recent years, but historically the story was that, you know, the handbook had two rules. Number one, use your best judgment in all situations. Uh, and number two, there will be no other rules. Right. (laughs) Right, That was the employee handbook. Those two things. Right. And there was this classic story about one of the, this young sales clerk had a customer come in. And the customer needed a tux last minute for something and mm. whatever. And so the young salesman, they didn't have the guy's size, they didn't have what he was looking for in that store. But the young sales clerk got online, got on the computer, and s- found that they had exactly what he wanted and needed at this other store. Yeah. And so the kid called the other store, had them put it aside. The guy was so grateful, and said, Thank you. I'm going to go get that right now. And so it was over. So the young sales clerk went to his boss and was very proud of what he had done and said, Yeah, customer satisfied customer, this is what happened, so and so forth. And his boss said, not good enough. And uh the young clerks would would, I don't understand, what are you talking about? The customer is very happy. Yeah. And his boss says, You should have had the suit delivered to his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And it was just an example of like how you, you know, like. You and then can, Amazon became. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyway, the point is, is that, you know, clearly customer service sucks anymore. Yeah.
1: I don't even know what to do about that or say about that, you know.
0: Well, yesterday, I'll give you another example. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, my sliding glass door wouldn't shut. Yeah. OK, like five inches from, you know, like shutting, you know, shutting. And I don't know about you, but like, I'm, you know, I'm okay with a screwdriver. I'm okay with a hammer. I'm okay with a saw. I tried everything. I couldn't get it, yeah. you know, to shut. I couldn't figure it out. Sure. Call my contractor, can't get a hold of him. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to call the manufacturer, you know, and, uh, call the manufacturer. They're like, oh yeah, we have a technician, um, that can come out and look at it, but he can't come until Monday.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my door will be open. I'm like, uh, sorry,
0: you know, it doesn't work. You know, long story short, we figured it out. But it's like, how is that even a conversation? You know, how is it? How do they not have a system in place? It's like, yeah, no, we make a product? Yeah. That if it doesn't work, people's homes are put in jeopardy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The safety of their children are put in jeopardy. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't hamsters on a chronic issue. So it's not, you know, it's not like they need to have 24 seven service 365 days a year. Right. It's just like, no, you just need to have a mechanism that if somebody has an emergency, you can send somebody out within, you know,
1: eight hours, get it handled. You know, the problem is you didn't call the right guy. Oh, yeah. You, You don't know who you're supposed to call in a situation like that. Ghostbusters. You're in L.A. Who do I call? You call a Mexican. I'm like I'm not saying it's gonna get done right. And I'm not saying it's gonna be perfect, but that fucking door will be closed. Oh my god, I
0: love it. I love that. I mean it it's it's you're by the way, you're you are hundred percent correct. I know. A there are so many Mexicans to call in LA. That's so right. like A, you know you're gonna get somebody. You're gonna get
1: someone to come over. And
0: B, pretty much every Mexican I've ever met oh, yeah. knows how to build a house or do something like phenomenal. Yeah. Right, not saying it's going to pass code. Right. to your point. Right, but it will. You can live in it. You can sleep in it. You can use it. I bet you the
1: original MacGyver was Mexican,
0: dude. Okay, I bet you. So, I say this with nothing but <laughs> absolute love, admiration, <laughs> and awe and respect. Yeah. Okay. Nobody works harder than a hardworking Mexican. Uh, that, no
1: one. Hundred percent. No one. Hundred percent.
0: No one. I have marveled and been in awe. Yeah, of what
1: I have seen,
0: the level of hard work, smart work, right, creative work uh, out of Mexican Americans, yeah, you know, yeah,
1: or Mexicans. Period. My dad has has a saying, you know, when we when we're fixing something and we don't know what the hell we're doing, mm. but we fix it anyways. Mm. My dad's like, that's Mexican style. <laughs> Mexican style. Yeah, I did it Mexican style.
0: Okay. So break that down for me. What two things? One is right. break that down for me. Right. What is Mexican style? Okay. <laughs> right. cause I, I don't want to leave this to the imagination. Okay. But then the other thing is like, what is it about Mexican culture that makes this so true? You know, because right. it's a stereotype. I know we're yeah. you know, being stereotyped, you know, we're yeah. playing, it's dangerous to play stereotype, but stereotypes are based in truth. So right. how did that develop? So school me.
1: Well, I, I mean, just growing up in a, Mexican household and knowing my family and traditions and all that. I mean, I think it comes from a, a number of things. Number one, you know, when you're when you live in Mexico, the man is the man of the house. I mean the whole machine. Well, it's a patriarchal kind yeah, of culture. It's a patriarchal right? culture. Yeah. And the man is always right. Yep. And the man's job is to provide. Yep. And the man's job is to fix shit. Yep. And the man's job is to fucking be a man. Right. And there's no other way around it. Right. You know? Right. So you're not gonna be a man and you're you're not gonna be a man of the house if you gotta call someone to come fix something that's <laughs> fucked up. You know? <laughs> so you know. My dad is not gonna call fucking La Cantina doors. He's yeah, gonna fix no, no, that no, shit. No, right, he's right. gonna be like, no. Right. He's gonna fix it. Right. And then next time he sees them, he's gonna tell them, Hey, you guys fucked up, you guys don't know how to fix a door. Yeah. But he's not gonna call them. Right. You know? Right. You don't call, you know, charter to come fix your Sat, you know, satellite or cable <laughs> right, or your right. wiring or whatever, you right. just fucking do it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So number one, it just comes from a, you know, just from pride. Yes. So Mexicans are very proud in that, and Mexican men, because it shows that they're more manly than right anything else. Right. Number one. Number two, in Mexico, customer service. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Right. <laughs> right. customer service in Mexico. Yeah. When you, you know, most places. In Mexico are still, you know, it's not the United States, you know, it's like, uh, if you can get something for half the price, you know, by selling it, you know, down the street at this other spot, they'll do that. You know, if you can create a knockoff that's just as good, they'll do that. If you work at a certain company, but you can make a little bit cash on the side by, you know, then you'll do that too. So in Mexico, there's just, it's just different, you know, people aren't you know they have to fend for themselves most of the time. You know, right, right, and, and you know there is still a lot of very rural places in Mexico. Yes, I went to Mexico City one time, mm-hmm. and w- with these graffiti artists, dude, they had a four-story building, four-story building, all to themselves. Okay, <laughs> did they pay a rent? Not really. They were basically. I mean, how many of them were there? It was well, the weekend I was there, they had they were hosting like a hundred graffiti artists from different city. Yeah. And they were all there just, just you know, sleeping and whatever. Camping out. Camping out, you know. So apparently they have been squatting for like six or seven years. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like a four-story building all to themselves. Right. And they were like, well, we just got to squat for like three more years. Because once you get to 10 years, it becomes your building. Nice. Like by law. <laughs> nice. Right? So they had like no running water. Right. Well, officially they had no running water, no electricity. Right. Right? But the guys that I was staying with were on the penthouse, right? <laughs> Dude, they had fucking lights. They had fucking internet. They had faster internet than I have here, <laughs> you know? These dudes were on it, you know? And so that's kind of like the Mexican style, you know? It's just like, hey, we're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. So, you know, I think, I think that's where it comes from. And also there's a lot of Mexicans just take pride in their work. If it's labor intensive, you know, you don't bitch out. You just do it and you do it well yep. and you do it every day, yep, brings honor to your family. Yep. Because you're a hard worker. There's nothing worse than a lazy Mexican. Right. You know? Right. Like that's just and that's the stereotype. Yeah. That Mexican people hate. Because the Mexi- lazy the, the lazy the Mexican the, the lazy Mexican. Right. Because Mexicans it's so not it's fucking so, true. It's so not true. So yeah. So it's one of those things where yeah, I just I just came from a family where you know, my dad's always been a hard worker. I mean, you know my dad. Yeah. And... Um, I would want to keep up with him. No. Try to and keep pe- up with people him. People hate... He worked in the movie studios. Right. And people hated him.
0: Because <laughs> he, he, he was a hard worker. They didn't want to work so hard. Dude,
1: You they would tell him, you're in the union. Right. You're, no one's going to fire you. Right. Like, you kick back, yeah, relax, yeah, yeah, chill out. Yeah. He's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to work. Yeah. No, no. You just take, like, you know, take an extra half hour. You're making us this. look bad. You're making us look bad. Right. You know? And my dad was like, fuck you. Oh. You're making me look bad. Yeah, you're making yourself look yeah. bad. So my yeah. dad always had work. Right. Right. But also one time I remember he told me he got hired and they paid him like double mm-hmm. of what he usually got paid. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's really good anyways. Right. Because okay. you are a painter in Hollywood. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So he's making good money. Right. And then this guy hires him like a double. Right. Like whatever it is, like gang boss rate yeah. or whatever right, the hell right, that, right, that, right, that term right. is. Yeah. And so my dad's making you know way more money, and he they gave him two two sets to take care of. Right? Usually right. he's he was in charge of one set. They gave him two sets, and they hired like one other guy to help him. You know, they did the whole show. Like you know, four or five months later, they're wrapping up the show, and the guy comes up to him like his boss, and is like, you know, like uh, the, the the production uh, coordinator is like, yeah, you know, I, that that's why I love working for you. I mean, that's why I love you working for me on these big gigs he's like because you save me so much money and my dad was like what do you mean you You do the work of five men yeah he told my dad i just have to hire four fucking guys Jeez, and i just have to hire you wow wow how that's deep dude so my dad is deep my dad got his fucking towel threw at him and said fuck you And don't ever call me to work for you ever again. And he fucking left. <laughs> well,
0: good for him. Because that's
1: some deep, deep shit right yeah. there. Yeah. So, you know, my and this whole time my dad's thinking, well, I'm making twice what I usually make. Right. And this guy's thinking, well, I'm paying yeah. half of what I yeah. usually pay. Right, right. Yeah. You know? right. So that's that's so some of the pay shit. Pay me five times and maybe I'll come back. Right, yeah. right. So, you know, it's a, it's a fucking crazy thing because, you know, Mexicans, like I said, like they, you know, pride themselves in, mm. in, in working hard, but then there's people who take advantage of that. Well, you you know, you know hit on several things which I think are like, it's so important
0: to keep in mind, right? Because, you and you and I have talked about this so many different levels over the years, but it's like culture is so powerful, right? Yeah. And culture is is driven by your environment, you know, in many ways. And you touched on like the rural, some of the rural aspects of Mexico, for example, yeah. right? Like, yeah, when you're in a rural setting, well, I don't care what country you're yeah, in, right. you know, if you're in a rural setting, you're working, yeah. you know, and you're working probably with without, you know, air conditioning or anything sure. like that. Who knows what the weather is? And that's the other thing. Weather. Yeah. You know, Mexico hot. Most of yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of it, you know, but I guess depending on the altitude or whatever. Right. But so, you know, arguably you're working in in extreme conditions, weather wise or whatever. Right. And then depending on how from a socioeconomic perspective, depending on, you know, where you're at financially, right. you may work more or less, you know, some countries can't afford the technologies that automate. Therefore, the people have to do the work in yep. this country. I'm very troubled by the automation that is making human beings redundant. Yeah. You know, why are Americans fat and stupid? Because they're not because they can be. Right. That's really it. Right. Because they can be. And, you know, human beings, I think, you know, are evolutionary biology, you know, like, like you, you were, our bodies are made to move. Our bodies are made to do stuff. Our brains are made to do stuff. Yeah. And suddenly when you don't have to do things anymore, you atrophy.
1: Yeah. I was at, uh, uh I walked into a Walmart the other day and there was two women tellers. Yeah. Or cashiers, yeah. two women cashiers. Right. And there was like. 15 automated cashiers one of these women oversaw like five of the cashiers you know so you go in there and you 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 scan your own shit yeah and then they're just there like in case you need help right right and the other woman was actually taking your stuff and scanning them right and so uh, <laughs> I told the woman I said you know I bought some stuff whatever and then I told the woman you know because then I had to bring my own bags you know to put the stuff sure. in sure, yeah. or I have to pay for the bags and then have to bag my own shit, you know? Yeah. And so I I told this woman, I go, you know, pretty soon we don't even need you. I'm a, I'm already bagging my own shit. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm already scanning my own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're just kind of there watching me. Mm-hmm. I go, pretty soon they're not gonna need you. And she said, Well, to be honest, they're already talking about that. Yeah. Like they want to get to a hundred percent automated. Yeah. You know? And uh, I just thought about that. And it's like, and these people don't get paid that well anyways, right. but even that, like, it's just crazy. Like, you want to get to 100% automation? Well, a- Amazon already yeah.
0: has these stores. Yeah. Maybe you've heard about them, but they w- they've they been sort of prototyping them in Seattle, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's P- right. Piloting them. Right. And essentially, the store knows you sign up on your phone, you have yeah. an app. Yeah. The store knows when you're there because you have your phone. <laughs> yeah. And you just grab you the shit you stuff want and, and walk you walk out. out. Yeah. And it charges your account. <laughs> All right. See, look, Jesus. I don't be. I'm not a luddite, and I don't, you know, and I love technology, and I love, but I, but I'm only an advocate and a in a cheerleader and a supporter of automation and technology if it serves to make human beings better, yeah, and uplift the human race, and doesn't make us redundant, yeah. You know, it, it. I feel like people are getting hoodwinked and getting fucking brainwashed right. to celebrate this technology. Totally not understanding that it's it's their lives yeah. that are being stolen from them. Totally. And I don't understand like why people aren't standing up, going, "Yeah, just because we can doesn't mean we should." Right. And I I am vehemently against any technology that makes me irrelevant. Right. Technology makes human
1: beings irrelevant. Then we have to be against that technology. Well, then we're screwed, right? <laughs> we're screwed. because that's kind of screwed. That's, that's where we're going. That we're going down that hole. You know, and it's, I, it's, I think it's almost too late. I think it is too late. You know, that's the that's what's interesting about
0: it. Yeah, because artificial intelligence. You know, and I don't, you know, I don't know enough about artificial intelligence to say if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I do feel like it's sort of because what happens is we unleash these technologies Mm -hmm. and we don't really don't test them. We don't know about them. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to manage them or regulate them or control them, which is why Facebook fucked our democracy in so many ways. And I don't actually think Facebook fucked our democracy. I think cell phones fucked our democracy. And I can, you know, go into why. But I mean, the you know, a healthy democracy requires that you and I talk to each other right? and that citizens talk to each other and debate and d- disagree yeah. and get to know each other because then we have empathy and we have compassion and right. we can understand and we can grow. We can be stronger. We can help each other better. As soon as we stop talking to each other, then then that is a cancer yeah. to the to democracy. And people want to point at Facebook and Facebook doesn't help, and, yeah. but cell phones were the original problem because as soon as I could be in my Silo in my vacuum, mm-hmm. out in the world, on the bus, on the street corner, not having to talk to my fellow citizen. That's when it started breaking down. I think.
1: Well, just the fact that the other day I went into the uh, what is it, T-Mobile or whatever, or, or the Apple Store. I can't remember. But anyways, I was looking at the new iPhones, and the new iPhones coming out—they're fifteen hundred dollars. A fucking phone is fifteen hundred dollars. It's a computer. You know, I I could buy a kick ass laptop for like half of that probably, yeah. but it's but but why is it fifteen hundred dollars? Because people have bought into that shit. Yeah. There's no way you could, you know, fifteen years ago, if you told someone, oh, here's a phone, but it's fifteen hundred dollars, they would have told you to fuck off. Right. But now they bought into it, and it's to the point where, like I said, it's too late. Yeah. Because people have bought in already; they're mm-hmm. in, and so six hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. What the fuck is $1,500? Right. You know? What does the $1,500 phone do that your $300 phone can't do? Nothing except it's newer and maybe has two lenses instead of one. (laughs) Take a better picture of your fucking selfie. The porn looks a lot better on the $1,500 model. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So it's, it's sad, you know, it's it's definitely sad where we're at with, with all that technology. Because- well, look, okay.
0: So let's put, let's put this in context, yeah. right? Because I'm sure that on some level people were lamenting the advent of the car because they were going to lose the horse. People lamented the television. In fact, there's like a famous quote from somebody when right. they, when the TV came out and they said, well, this is now what he says something about the greatest waste of time, yeah. you know, ever in right. the history of, you know, so it's just interesting to think about, you know, technologies that helped yeah. to elevate the human race and technology that helped to, to dumb it down. Right. 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 And I think some technologies are very good. I mean, like you think about electricity, what electricity brought to humanity, right? you know, but did is facebook a net positive or a net negative or net neutral
1: well yeah. facebook is funny because um and you know people are talking about this because the way they set it up right it's like facebook is going to be how you and all your friends could could you know stay in communication yeah and it's going to it's going to make you guys more social right right obviously that was the pitch and people bought into it and because it did do that for some people, then they bought in a hundred percent you know i mean realistically, it's just a business model, and it's a way for this company to make money yeah. off advertising off you know off of you yeah, They've just figured out how to do it but i have
0: a, I have a i agree with all that, but like i have a i have another theory because you know a company like Facebook for example, and even Google for that matter, but some of these you see and apple's a good good example as well. A lot of these companies are made in the in the image of the founder, right, and right. what I mean by that is yeah. Steve Jobs was Apple and Apple was Steve Jobs, yeah right right and when he died, I thought, oh, there goes Apple and yeah. we're seeing that I think yeah, right right and while Steve was you know notoriously an asshole for a lot of you know reasons, I think ultimately was advocating for his user's best interest on a certain level mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but you know who knows yeah. that's my Speculation, but again, Steve clearly had a lot of personal issues, a lot of things that he was grappling with, right, and goes back to some of our previous conversation. A company like Facebook, mark zuckerberg, right yeah. he drives that ship over there right right He's, you know, and let's face it, right. A guy like Mark Zuckerberg is brilliant on many metrics, right mm-hmm. but when it comes to life on the street, common sense. A basic humanity, understanding how real people live their lives, what is truly wanted and needed on the street. Mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have a fucking clue. No. He's, I'm gonna just, just going to use really like pejorative terms. He's a fucking nerd. Yeah. Who probably didn't get laid till he got married or until he could buy some pussy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's a brainiac. But when you're a brainiac like that, you're also a fucking idiot. To yeah. a lot of things. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I can say this also from personal experience. So my cousin, okay, first cousin, Brainiac, total fucking genius. Okay. Textbook. Like, you know, he worked uh, yeah. at the highest levels of just top secret levels at the Pentagon. He worked in the Star Wars program under the Reagan administration, blah, 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 The guy had his high school prom date set in the back seat. He thought it would be cool to like show for her, you know, or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I love my cousin yeah. he's a fucking nerd you know he didn't really have a clue okay so the problem is that these guys and many of them and I know there are exceptions to the rule I'm not you yeah. know painting I'm trying not to paint with a brush but certain leaders certain entrepreneurs certain powerful people are building these companies in their own image based on their own ego based on their own issues yeah and I think that's a problem if there isn't someone to help mitigate that balance that you know, manage that it's a problem. Yeah. You know? And, um, I think that, you know, say nothing of the fact that even if you were the most well balanced, well adjusted person. Yeah. If you became a billionaire tomorrow, it would still skew your thinking. I mean, there's a reason why we've talked about this before, but There's a, you know, the reason why that old saying about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yep. Like these guys are gonna be skewed and they're they're gonna start thinking they're gonna have a God complex. I'm a billionaire. So I must know what's right. I must know what's best. Right. You know, a guy like Jeff Bezos. I know he's a smart guy. He's probably well-rounded guy at the end of the day. I'm guessing he's got a bit of an ego. You know, how is that helping him? Is his, is Amazon good for humanity? It's debatable. It's very debatable. I personally want technology that's good for humanity, you know, a net positive for humanity. So there's peace and there's justice and there's food and water for people. And, you know, people aren't right. squandering or uh, scraping for their basic needs. Sorry, but if you're living in a world where two thirds of the planet is just looking for food and water, mm-hmm. fuck your technology. Yeah. So, you know, and by the way, let's let's take this to the next thing. You, you, all this me too shit. Right, mm-hmm. which by the way, you know, is to the extent that the karma cops are catching up with these assholes, great. To the extent that any woman or any man, for that matter, has been sexually raped, harmed, then justice should be served. Okay, but you think about—I try to—I try to think about things, you know, objectively. Right? You think about Harvey Weinstein, right? Right. That guy was hideous looking. Okay. Yeah, hideous look now I'm not okay let me back up for a second okay we live in a superficial world right in many ways right looks matter packaging matters okay right and whether or not a person is attractive or not I mean that's packaging right some mm-hmm. people are packaged to be very desirable some people unfortunately are not right Harvey Weinstein is an ugly motherfucker mm-hmm. okay it, objectively speaking Okay, I'm not right, I'm right, just right. saying like I think any objective rational analysis of Harvey Weinstein would have to come to the logical conclusion that guy's fucking ugly.
1: Well, no one wakes up saying, "You know what? I want to look like Harvey Weinstein." <laughs> That's
0: right. Doc, yeah, can you do a nip tuck so that I uh, a little plastic surgery so I look just like Harvey Weinstein? My point is this. Okay, you have a guy who is unattractive, looks like he looks and right? can't get laid, can't you know, whatever, but somehow he gets success. He gets money. He gets power, Mm -hmm. right? What do you think he's going to do with that power? What do you think he's going to do with that money, right? He is going to think that he can do whatever he wants to do. And it's no wonder he became a sexual predator, right? You know, and, and so we start thinking about, like, I don't know that we're thinking about really like some of the core drivers, like how Harvey
1: Weinstein becomes Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, but see, I don't, I, I, don't agree with that. I think I don't think he became a sexual predator. You think he was a sexual predator from day one? Fuck yeah, yeah. Just he didn't have access. You know, if that were true, then you could say the same thing about gay people. Oh, well, you know, he became gay because of this. you know, it's like you know you're born that way or developed that way or somebody who's doing shit like that, like you know some fucking being a sexual predator isn't something that you just fucking wake up one day and be like you know what i'm gonna do that you know well so, I, think, I don't know but i think it's an evolution yeah it is an evolution but and i, and I and, go ahead Sorry. but but i don't think him having the power and the money made him that i think I mean, maybe he was doing it, it exasperated with, no you're 100 yeah, right yeah. because that's the point i'm making right the okay.
0: um, point i'm making is yeah. that unfortunately for harvey he was born with that face gotcha yeah right <laughs> And I'm sure he tried to smack to the ladies and whatever. And they're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Right. So he's bitter. He's mad. But then he f- gets some money. He gets some power. right? And he then starts seeing how he can leverage this money and power to take advantage of these young starlets or whoever wants something from him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he became a sexual predator and the money and in, in the power was throwing gas on a fire. Right. Yeah. It didn't it didn't make to your point. He didn't make him a predator. He was yeah. already angry. He al- it was already brewing. You know, my point, my bigger point is this. I want to make sure I, I make this point because it's not about the looks. What it is about is, unfortunately, we live in a culture that in this country where we are dysfunctional around sex in this country. We are dysfunctional around You know, this country was founded by Puritans, right, who were, you know, religious fanatics who were too extreme for their home country. So they came here and committed genocide and murder and and rape, pillage, and plunder to take this country from the indigenous people that were here, rightful owners. The point is, is that sex, in my view, is a natural human fact of life meant to procreate and then also give pleasure, so on and so forth. And yet we live in a culture that's very sexually repressed. So it's a bomb waiting to go off because you have a culture that doesn't really want to talk about sex in a real way, Mm -hmm. Um, educating kids and helping kids manage sex, both as a as a boy who is probably going to be aggressive, trying to spread his seed and girls that are going to be reluctant to take just anyone as their lover you have. So you have a, a very potent primal urge That's all that's natural that we're not educating kids around to handle and communicate with in a real way. Yeah. And then you layer in the superficiality that comes with the packaging of how a person looks and is that person attractive or not. And we live in a world where if you don't look like somebody on a magazine cover, whatever, you might think you're ugly, even if you're not. But a guy like Harvey, definitely not an attractive human being. Right. So so then, you know, so who knows what kind of world he grew up in? You know, did his parents teach him about sex? Did his parents teach him about how to deal with human beings and inter- interact with people and be human and be empathetic and be compassionate? Maybe not. Probably not. Then you layer in the fact that the poor guy, you know, has an ugly mug and, you know, no girls are going to talk to him. Then you give him a bunch of money. Right. And power. What? What? You know, that that can't end well. Right. And it didn't, at least in his case. You know, I mean, say nothing of like, I don't mean to, to jump all over, but I mean, well, what the fuck happened with fucking uh, Dr. Huxtable?
1: Yeah, because I was going to bring that up, too. But but here's another thing going back to your Harvey Weinstein thing. Maybe that was his drive. Maybe he wouldn't have been so successful if he looked good and. <laughs> and had a good upbringing. Maybe that was part of his drive. Is that he was like, "I'm going to show these fuckers." I'm, gonna I'm be, sure you're right. You know? I'm sure you're right. So it's just like, oh man, I don't know. It's 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 so complicated. It is complicated. It's because absolutely, absolutely uh, Bill, complicated. Bill Cosby, funny guy, always look I mean, anytime you saw an interview with him or or whatever, like especially back in the day, mm-hmm. like he looked like a stand-up guy, mm-hmm. whatever. And then only to find out all all this other shit about him. It's like, well, what do we really know? Do we really know people, you know, right. just by how they act in public, you know?
0: Right. Well, we don't. We don't. And, you know, and I guess part of the reason that got, you know, I, it's got me thinking about all this too, is that being the father of two young children, yeah. right? Now I adopted both my kids, as you know. Yeah. And we adopted based on criteria that had everything to do with health. Mm-hmm. Like, we wanted healthy babies. Like, so, you know, we were trying to find birth moms that were healthy, not on drugs, so on and so forth. And, you know, we were able to adopt our daughter and adopt our son. Turns out, my son and daughter are very cute. They're damn cute. Yeah, And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that out of, like, objectively, they are good-looking kids. Absolutely. Right? Yep. And I'm just thinking about, like, the the luck of the draw like the randomness that those two kids got lucky enough to be born with cute faces mm-hmm. okay
1: they could have looked like you
0: they could have looked like me and that would have been fucking <laughs> they that's a disaster <laughs> i have the face for radio my point is is that now they're their lot in life yeah. is going to be that much easier because when they walk in the room they're it's disarming because they're pleasant to look at versus mm-hmm. if they had been born not attractive they walk in a room and already the cards are stacked against them i'm just saying it's a basic fact of life it's reality of human relations sadly right know. but you know i think this happens in all the animals right like i mean Mm -hmm. how does one tiger decide to mate with another tiger you know like sometimes just a battle of battle of wills like that tiger head or the gorillas or apes or whatever they have to fight the other men you know the, the strongest and the the toughest is the one that the woman's going to mate with. Yeah. Right? It's very, very alpha. Yeah. Well, it's very instinctual because they want the species yeah. to continue, you know? So I think this, we come by this stuff naturally. It is a very biological thing. It's very primal and evolutionary, but, but then we make it worse because we don't want to talk about sex to our kids and we don't want to educate them. And we don't want, we live in this crazy world where if you don't look a certain,
1: you know, so I don't know. It's just, yeah, we shouldn't have brains. That's what it should be. <laughs> That's our problem. We have brains. Have brains. <laughs> that's what fucked us
0: up. Oh my god! <laughs> brains. I tell you what. Well, I my wife tells me I don't have a brain. You yeah. know, half the time. You know, so
1: yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, maybe that's
0: why I'm good. I don't have a brain. <laughs> See, that's a solution.
1: <laughs> don't have a brain.
0: Well, look. You know, we're uh, we're about out of time here. I want to um, shout out to our listeners and uh, remind them that we love their love. We love their social media love. Please uh, follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast. Even if you don't listen to it, we like those numbers. We want what is our
1: Instagram? It's, at yeah. not real art
0: official. Official. At not real art official. Yep. It's our Instagram. Uh, our website is not real art.com. You can get to the podcast that way and subscribe. You can also find it wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to like and comment and share. Talk and shit. Talk shit. <laughs> but speaking speaking of talking shit, I guess we've talked a lot of shit. So uh, let's uh, sign off and let our listeners go uh, do something way. Uh, way more beneficial.
1: <laughs> let them go use their brains now. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. Although you just said their, their problem is that they have a brain. Oh, yeah, it so. is. We'll talk about that more. All right, man, one. Good seeing you, my friend. Go for it. Cheers. Peace. Peace.